Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, give you permission to do what you desire. We pray, Lord, that you would make our minds, our hearts, our souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus right, is asked a question about this man. Lord, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. And there's oftentimes in the scriptures, someone is presenting Jesus with a question or a situation that is very specific. And Jesus is moved, right? He moves towards general principles oftentimes like, hey, so like you're looking at this very concrete thing, which is very important in our life, by the way. Concrete decisions are where we choose things for the Lord or not for the Lord. But the Lord is wanting us to back up and to see things from a bigger perspective. That what are the ultimate values and principles and things that I believe that are undergirding what I think, what I'm feeling, how I make judgments, decisions that I make, to kind of like, as, as uh, the scriptures are saying in the second reading, look at the things that are above. That we look towards heaven and the Lord himself to reveal the truth of things to us. Because when we're staring sometimes at all the immediate little practicals, we're just like, boom, we're just like so locked in that we're missing what is the greater truth of what is, should lead me to make decisions here. And so as Jesus often does in these situations, he tells a parable. And they're like, Jesus, come on, I didn't ask you for a story. I wanted you to tell my brother to give me the thing that I want. Do the thing I want you to do. And Jesus is like, um... I'm trying to change your heart. I'm trying to change your mind. So let's back up a little bit. Here's this parable. And so he tells this parable, right? And this person has all these things like, gosh, I got this great harvest. What am I going to do? I got so much stuff. And the two, like, harvest was like money. I mean, to, to have grain and things is like to have money. So it's like, okay, my bank account is not big enough. I'm going to get a bigger bank account so I can stick it all in there. And then, what am I going to do? I'm going to rest, eat, drink, and be merry. Sounds like he's from South Louisiana, huh? You know, it's like, come on, land of festivals here, right? Like, rest, eat, drink, be merry. Like, let's go. Um, and all of these things actually are good things. Rest is good. Partly what the Sabbath is for, worship of God. Rest, real recreation. To eat, good. To drink, good. To be merry is good. These are good things. But when we place them above the greatest good, which is the Lord Himself, then we make these things idols. And then they actually aren't real rest. And it's not real being merry. 
because it distorts our souls. And so if we have like, okay, I, I want these things, these are good things, but they are, if they are pursued as the greatest thing, as the most important thing, again, this is where we have to, to think both of the big picture and the practical. We'll be like, of course God is most important in my life. Okay, well, like, how do you know that? Well, I mean, just because he is. How do we know? Bishop Barron will say, like, you want to know who your God is, you want to know who you worship, then there's a few places we can look. We can look at our calendar. We look at where we spend our money, where we spend our time, what consumes our thoughts and our desires. They can point to us of what we are really drawn to, of what we are really committed to, of what we really love, of what we really worship. And so these things to rest, eat, drink, and be merry, they're goods, right? Are we pursuing them? Am I pursuing them? Are you pursuing them in a way that is disordered, that is above the fundamental commandments when they ask Jesus? What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord our God with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and our neighbor as ourself. This here, brothers and sisters, informs everything else. Everything else. And so we can speak even specifically about this guy's like storing up these goods. And then what does Jesus say? Like, he doesn't say there's not a good answer at the, at the end for him here. You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves but are not rich in what matters to God. Store up treasure for ourselves but not rich in what matters to God. What matters to the Lord, again, is this love. When I say love, again, I'm not speaking of like just the warm kind of fuzzy realities but like willing the good to worship our God, to live our life in accord with how he has created us and those principles of the dignity of the human person, to love our neighbor as ourself and have a preferential option for the poor. Like that, that is love. That is it. When we meet the Lord face to face, it's always important to have again a sober awareness of this. When we meet the Lord face to face, he's not gonna say, how much did you eat, drink, and be merry? He's not going to say that. Although, again, these are good things. And the Lord, like, loves when we just are, are enjoying life. But what he's going to say is, when I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was ill or in prison, did you visit me? Well, Lord, I mean, like, we didn't, I mean, if we would have saw you with no clothes on, I would have bought you an LSU shirt, dude. Like, come on. When did I see you this way? Whatever you have done or you have not done for the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done or not done for me. And then here, again, those, right, who have loved well will go to heaven and those who have not, right, this turned in on ourselves will be eternally separated from the Lord. Like this real eternal consequences, right? We have to give sober awareness of this. And so some questions for us, and we can, we, can, we can move this in so many different directions, but I think of 
things in and of themselves, because this is a little bit what this is about, possessions. How much should we have, right? How much is enough? How much is too much? What does it mean to be able to provide for my family, to have appropriate recreation? Are we asking these questions? There's not a cute little manual that like we plug in a formula and it's going to give us like exactly this much or exactly that much. But the question that we need to ask ourselves today, are we even asking these questions? What is an appropriate way for me to live? What is a good means for me to live with? And how does God want me to use the gifts and resources that he has blessed me with to worship him and to serve those most in need? If we're not asking these questions, brothers and sisters, we need to ask them. (laughs) We need to ask them because they are essential to our relationship with the Lord and they have, as Jesus said, eternal consequences. So then as we're asking the question, where do we go? Again, there's no cute little manual. And so, again, it's a, it can be a scary question to ask because, like, I don't know. What, what is the Lord going to ask? What do I do? How do I get this exactly right? We go to the Lord himself. Like, Lord, do I, do I trust in these things? Do I love these things more than you? Basic fundamental things. Have I put anything in my life more important than you? I've shared this with you before. One time in spiritual direction, I'm like talking to my spiritual director. And I go on for like 10 minutes explaining kind of this like struggle that I'm having with this particular area in my life and all this. And he's like, well, Andrew, you did a, you did a wonderful job explaining that. That was, that was really great. It was really great. He says, can we, uh, can we just call it what it is? And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. What is it? He's like, idolatry. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. If someone wanted to use one word to describe it, maybe that would be one that you could use. Maybe. But, but again, I think that's something, too, oftentimes that we don't even bring before the Lord ourselves in our own interior life and to the, the sacrament of reconciliation. Lord, like I've put something more important than you in my life, and it's idolatrous. Forgive me. He's like, great, I forgive you. I'm glad you're aware of that. I love you. Let's move on. Let's keep going. It's important to even acknowledge that, to repent of that, and to bring the Lord's healing into our life. And then, brothers and sisters, I want to invite you, if you haven't before, or even if you already have, to look up and to study and to pray with the principles of Catholic social teaching. The principles of Catholic social teaching. Now, I know, like, Because we live in America, and most of us, even in the church, interpret a lot of things through a political lens before the lens of the church, like he said the word social. Oh my gosh. This is the heart of part of the gospel and the fullness of the teachings of the Catholic Church. And what are these principles? Go on the USCCB website, just search Catholic social teaching, the life and dignity of the human person, the call to family, community, and participation. What are our rights and responsibilities? What are our rights as a human person? What responsibilities do we have? The option for the poor and the vulnerable. The dignity of work and the rights of workers. Solidarity. What it means to be in communion with everyone created in God's image and likeness. Care for God's creation. The common good. Subsidiarity. Go on 
the USCCB website, and there's just beautiful summary of all of these fundamental principles that are there to help us to get educate ourselves. Ascension Press actually has come out. Father Josh is on it. One of the things Father Josh has done with Ascension Press with a study, it's mainly around youth, but all of us can learn from it. It's called Connected. Connected. How all of everything in our life is connected of the love of God and the love of neighbor and what that means. You go back to Christ the King in 2018, Dr. John Minor gave a wonderful presentation on some of the four principles of Catholic social teaching. It's awesome. He's got a dry wit. He's a little awkward and he's super smart. It's a great listen. Like it's really, really, really good. Um, so again, I could, I could really talk for a long time here. We'll come back to this fundamental thing. Are we putting anything in our lives more important than the Lord? And am I asking myself the question, Lord, the gifts that you have given me, the resources, the talents, just my life itself, my time, um, how do you want me to use them? What does it mean to live a good life? What does it mean to be generous? What is enough for my family? What does it mean to serve the poor? All of these questions we need to be asking and asking, understanding the principles first of loving the Lord and then what that means tangibly so then I can make a decision in the concrete. I can only make right decisions in the concrete situation when I understand the fundamental principles of loving the Lord and loving my neighbor and how that moves and lives. And then as I do that, then I will grow in love of God. I will grow in love of neighbor. And then when I meet the Lord at the end of my life face to face, he's going to be like, thank you for loving me in all of those whom you encountered. Did you do so perfectly? No. But I'm grateful that you loved me. Come. Come and experience my love for all eternity. What an amazing gift. Let us today let the Lord convict our hearts with the truth that we can examine our life, repent in, every way, in whatever way we need, and then begin to love and serve him concretely and tangibly, especially in our brothers and sisters who need it the most. And he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest, and he asked himself, what shall I do, for I do not have space to store my harvest? And he said, this is what I shall do, I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.